What are the biggest business continuity and disaster recovery concerns for organizations following the disaster in Japan? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Alan Berman, Executive Director, DRI International. Al, thanks so much for joining me on short notice. It's a pleasure, Tom. So in the wake of the tragedy, Al, what are the biggest concerns for organizations that are in Japan now? Well, I think if you look at the experience we had in Kobe, it's the next 20 days. I mean, it's not so much the implications of, obviously, the tsunami and the earthquake have devastating consequences, but what we found out last time is Mount Fuji erupted 20 days after it, and we've seen either the first aftershock or another earthquake and on the you know, six-and-a-half level as we are. So part of this is to start to move some of their operations away from the area that they think will be affected. Um, Japan, of all countries in the world, are probably most prepared for what happened. Um, they've been prepared from a construction point of view, even to the point where they have elevated platforms that are structures so people can escape it, even if they're closer to the shoreline. So what we're seeing now, and we're seeing it for the weekend, which is the good news, is probably the shifting of, of operations from one place to another for financial institutions. Uh, the switching of phone networks from one place to another so that people who are in the, in the non-affected areas will be prepared for what comes up on Monday. Well, Al, I wanted to ask you about some of the unique concerns, specifically for financial institutions among them. What are those? Well, I think financial institutions, and again, because of the timing of it, after the close of business was, was a good thing. I mean, the closing of the, of the uh, books took place um, the integrity of the banking institution, the Central Bank of Japan, is having oversight to make sure that everything's accounted for and that people are, in fact, using their business continuity plans. So I think from the financial institutions probably have the least effect, believe it or not. Uh, we're simply an electronic organization. Um, what you saw coming out of Kobe was much more effective Japanese manufacturing. Now, the other organizations I'd be concerned about would be government agencies. Do they have unique concerns in times such as these? Um, BCAO and CMPO work with the Japanese government uh, as the three pillars of emergency response and disaster management. And probably there's no more experienced group in the world having gone through exactly this a number of times and, and have learned lessons. So I think what you, what you probably saw is that at the warning point, the activation of government units, um, mostly from the emergency response. Evacuation was, was critical to this process and seems to have gone reasonably well. Um, I don't know what we're going to see over the next 20 days, but I think that's everybody's concern. You know, we've seen what the, what the initial wave is, but again, you know, we're looking 20 days out. You know, we, hit the, we hit the big one, the 8.9, and then we hit the 6.6, and nobody knows if, in fact, those are connected. They took, it looks like they took place over two different plates, and we're not sure if there's a connection to those plates. I'm sure somebody by now knows that. I was on a plane, so mine is more supposition than fact, but I think what they're all sitting here is saying, how do we shift operations? How do we start to remove people? Because they could be gone for a long time. Now, the last uh, area I wanted to ask you about are, are healthcare organizations. Are there unique business continuity and disaster recovery concerns for, for those? Because, again, they're, they're a critical part of the infrastructure. Yeah, I, again, the experience it will help them enormously. Um, super infrastructure, lots of work on triage, how we're going to do that. The routing of people to hospitals, the ability to evacuate, 
seriously wounded comes all in conjunction with their emergency response plan, one that has been well-tested and well-documented and, unfortunately, well-exercised. Now, how about non-Japanese regions that are affected by the disaster? We've seen some of that today, but what are some of their unique considerations? Well, we've obviously, we've seen the tsunami as it, as it hits for the West Coast, um, but I think this is preparation by most people and evacuation. Um, I still think that the implications of this for Japan will be felt um, further from the point of, so, for example, if you take Kobe, the collateral damage done 100 miles away was the cutting of gas lines and power lines that affected uh, Sumitomo from doing production. So I think you're going to see a lot of the collateral damage take place because the infrastructure, part of the infrastructure gets destroyed and it depends on what the gas and electric networks are and how they get affected. So, you know, it's all well and good to, to focus on, on Nagano, but I think we should also look at the surrounding areas and see what kind of collateral damage they're preparing for. Now, one of the things we have seen in the wake of disasters in the past has been an upsurge in fraud. What are some of the fraud risks that organizations need to consider in a time of disaster? Well, it's obvious that there are lots of emergency relief funds that will flow into the area. Um, and as we've seen historically, there are lots of room for people um, to misdirect those funds. The Japanese tend to be a lot stronger, a lot more controlled um, than some of the other countries we've seen. I think that we're going to see less of that. Um, again, a very experienced uh, country, people who are you know, technically savvy, um, an incredible infrastructure. I mean, maybe second to none at this point, but dealing with earthquakes and tsunamis. So I'm less concerned about that. I think you'll see that maybe in the traditional you know, insurance fraud, but um, not at the same scale that you've seen even in this country. I mean, following um, the flooding in New Orleans, um, you know, we saw a tremendous amount of fraud, and, and I've worked with uh, state insurance commissioners on working on, with that. But I'm less concerned about that. I think I'm more concerned about relief aid coming in and being misdirected. Now, as you say, Japan has got experience in these areas, but are there lessons that can be drawn from other large-scale disasters we've seen recently? Yeah, I, I think the truth of the matter is is that the um, making infrastructures more robust is the key to survival of this. Um, the other thing is having places for people to go who are sitting on coastlines when you see tsunamis. Um, and again, the Japanese, uh, it, you know, I guess I'm repeating it a lot, but the Japanese are almost the perfect model for this. Um, even people who are in the countryside have platforms that they can go on so that they can, they can be above the water. The water then flows underneath much of the infrastructure, and then as it drains, they're able to come back down. So I think this is all preparation, and they've had good experience with this. Um, you know, it's not going to be the same devastation we've seen in, in, in a lot of other parts of Asia where they're not prepared. And there was advance warning. I mean, we knew the earthquake took place. They knew what to expect. Um, now, Tokyo is crowded. I mean, Nagano is crowded, but... Um, again, it, it's, it's, it's a very robust town. And so the buildings are more robust. I think um, 100-foot waves are 100-foot waves. There's no getting around that. But again, the matter of the, of the government of Japan stepping up after Kobe and saying, you know, we really do have to build a more robust infrastructure. 
Al, we wish the Japanese people well, and I thank you for your time and your insight today. Thanks, Tom. It's always a pleasure. Have a good weekend. been talking with Alan Berman, Executive Director of DRI International. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.